like I can't work physically enough hours to make yeah, this just not. It's just not possible. Like it's not possible. You got to make the hours work for die. you. That's easier said than done. What does that yes. sentence mean, Caleb? <laughs> you got to be proactive. That's something Synergy. middle management. That's what something middle management says to you. To I am a hundred percent middle management. I'm a supervisor. How can we make the hours work for you? Is that what you said, thing. Caleb? <laughs> that is that is not a real word sentence. That's what yeah. I thought, but Caleb said it, and he made it sound convincing. That's what I thought. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Two Guys, a Girl, and Stan Lee's Pizza Place, episode number nine? 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 Possibly. Is that you saying number no, nine? or are you confuses the number? No, it's like that that old Yoko Ono, is that number oh, nine? Oh, you mean like number, number nine? nine? That's a Beatles song, That's Revolution Beatles 9. Song. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like Yoko was involved with it. I mean, it is weird, so probably. I'm a music oh, historian. Wow, a lot of quick... Lot of quick... <laughs> Weird energy out of the gate. <laughs> That's because I'm so excited for today. I um, actually like Yoko. I am, for those who are just joining us for the first time, I'm Caleb, one of your hosts this week. And your Caleb announcer who? at the beginning. Caleb Lacey. Um, Lacey. That's definitely how you pronounce it. You said that, it like how Jake says words. Is that a, is that a <laughs> damn it. <laughs> with me this week are my fabulous co-hosts. First up, uh, just co-hosting with me is Mr. Jacob Cody. Hello, Jake. Hi. Do you know why our podcast is called what our podcast is called? Let me finish introducing people. I'm going to do it whenever okay. <laughs> it strikes me as seeing fit. And uh, before you get into that story, <laughs> well, um, no, our moderator this week... <laughs> I know, Jake. Let me at least introduce her. Our moderator this okay. week and last week and the week before, um, through means of a bloody coup, uh, is Miss Mia Fully Perrin. Hello, Mia. I did a coup. Now, Mia, and do was you, successful. You did. Do you know why our podcast is called Two Guys, a Girl, and Stanley's Pizza Place? I have no idea. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, thank uh, goodness. <laughs> Uh, you see, we thought nothing would say listen to our podcast more than taking an out-of-date television reference uh, from the least-loved Marvel film. In The Incredible Hulk, starring Edward Norton, uh, there is a pizza parlor called Stan Lee's Pizza Parlor. Not Stan Lee, but Stan Lee's Pizza Parlor. I like and, how when uh, you say it, it makes it so much clearer. I don't want anyone to be confused. Um, and we thought this is a good plan. And so far, <laughs> I think it's been a good plan. And that's why it's called what it's called. Welcome to our podcast. And that's why we have a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's is... the exact reason why we have one. <laughs> Definitely that. I haven't actually checked in a while how many ratings we have. I, I... I think it's still just my mom. <laughs> that's still five stars, baby. That's, yeah. <laughs> hey, if as long as the, nobody's put a one star... Would you, audience member, like to be the first one star? Go to no, Apple no, Podcasts. Stop. Stop this. Wait, is that not promotion? Okay, well. That's not how it works good. <laughs> you did do bad job, no work good. <laughs> we, we speak well. Uh, 
So, this week, getting right into it, um, we continue week number three and the beginning of round two for Mia's Mayhem Madness, where we are pitting all of the MCU villains, well, not all of them, but most of the MCU villains against Many each villains. other. Many, many villains against each other in a bracket-style matchup, sort of like <clears throat> March Madness, uh, but it's Mia's Mayhem Madness, um, and we are on to round two. Uh, Mia, you wanna you wanna lead us into this? And let us yeah. So if this were the NCAA, this round would would be called the uh, Sweet Sixteen, but I'm gonna call it the Sinister Sixteen. Oh, like a thing. Five pizza points to Mia. Right off the bat with pizza points. <laughs> strong. So we are basically going to be taking our winners from round number one matchups and pitting them head to head against each other. This week will be a little bit different. The rules are a little bit different because we're out of that initial run. So rule number one, instead of playing the tiebreaker and having the boys discuss which way they think it would go, this time we're actually going to pit Caleb and Jake against one another like we're in a high school debate club. <laughs> so oh, yeah. They will You've asked each for be, it. You've been waiting for you've it. You've been waiting. They will each be assigned a villain, um, and then they will be given three minutes opener to discuss why they think it's going to win, their villain's going to win. They will each be offered a two-minute rebuttal and a one-minute closing. So it'll be exciting and structure, and I will run the timer like a timer person would do. So that's exciting. Um, most of the other rules are the same. So there are no infinity stones. We're talking a movie length fight. So this is not these two guys run into each other in the street and punch it out. It's legitimately like they have time to plan and war against one another. MCU canon prevails. Um, and instead of being tiebreaker, I am going to be the decider. So whichever one of them makes the best ooh, argument. Ooh. And can we, instead of the decider, can we call you the watcher? Sure. I doesn't accept. That, doesn't that imply? Because the watcher only watches; they cannot interfere. And Mia is absolutely interfering. I have it definitely was... interfered. Watcher okay. can only watch. Okay. That's the that's watcher the who can watcher. decide. Yes, you are the decider. It should which be a goal. Created, it should be a like goal that I watch. But You've I created I, a new uh, a new elder of the universe. You are the decider. The judger. The, the judge, judge. The, the judge. The judge. I think the word the is judge. Tribunal. There we go. Oh, That's nice. there's a reference. You can be the living tribunal. Yes. Please refer to me as the living tribunal. Boom. So this episode, we're going to go through two of our four matchups in the second round. Um, so we will be going through our aliens and magic categories. Ooh, these are some heavy hitters. So any questions, guys, before we dive in? I do I do not plan on doing the character sheets over again. I think everyone's familiar with the characters now. Um, I will give you a quick recap of where they came from. So what battle they, they left before entering the ring Thank you. I appreciate a second that. time. Okay. Ready? I have no questions, but I do want to say um, I, have, uh, I have thought about this all week, and um, I am... Uh, I'm just I I I did for the viewers listeners for the listeners I'm gonna call it I think I think I'm gonna win a hundred percent of these. Oh just, <laughs> oh, just, wow. I'm just calling are, the shot right now. Those um, are words that he says you're not gonna win any. I know that's honestly hurts my feelings. <laughs> no, Jake, you know it's what? not. It's not a nope. slight on you, Jake. It is. It is just Feels a little uh, bit, a uh, little, um, little slightish. I'm 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 hyping myself up here. Okay. All right. It is now, it's now my goal to crush you. My favorite thing is Caleb has no idea 
whose side of the battle he's landing on because the wheel not. shall decide. We just let fate decide. Oh, yes, we get a return this week to Stanley's pizza pie of people. <laughs> and the, the people this time are just Caleb and I. This is true. So our first matchup will be our number one seed in the alien category, Ego. So reminder, Ego is coming off a violent fight with our number eight, Scourge, whom he handily smacked down. <laughs> It wasn't a fight. It was sad. Yeah, it was Landed on him. It, it, yeah. So our planet ego, <laughs> our number one seed in this category, has entered the second round, and fighting him will be our number four seed, Thanos. So Thanos is coming off a win over our number five seed, Ronan. Um, we talked about it, but it really again wasn't a fight. There was a big power power differentiator there. Uh, he calls him boy. It's not a, it wasn't a thing. So our number one versus our number four seeds, Ego versus Thanos. So what we're going to do is Caleb's going to spin the wheel to find out which of them gets to pick their champion in the matchup. All right. Here we go. This is a big spin. Oh, and I've got, this is, I've upgraded the wheel a little bit. So we've got some new music and upgraded. there are no applause at the end. There's something special. Special. I'm a little scared. Like this. Caleb. Caleb. Oh, that just says the name. That's a woman. <laughs> that's, it's that's two a guys, woman. a single girl, not another AI lady. In fairness, I'm judging her. Uh, I'm gendering her, and I her, they them, and I don't. It's know. a computer, Mia. It has no gender. <sighs> So, so I get to okay. pick. You do. So you get to pick between you get Ego to and pick. Thanos. Oh, now, boy. I, may I just say, before we jump into this, with the level of confidence you emitted, I would think that you would you would give Jake, you know, a handicap and throw him the more powerful villain just to prove your stuff. But I mean, you do you do you. Uh well, you know, I, I don't. I'm, I don't want an asterisk next to my victory. You pick whoever you want, and I will do my job. I'm a consummate professional. Oh, I didn't realize I'd get to pick first. Um, mm -hmm, there was mm -hmm. a 50-50 chance of this. Yeah, there was a, exactly. That's what the wheel was for. That's yes. why you spun the wheel. <laughs> that was the whole point. You. Hit now, I've the timed wheel. their arguments, but I probably should have timed how long they had to pick their villain. I'm. I'm gonna, Jake. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take ego. Yeah, I um, you I'll would. give you Thanos, but you don't would. worry. I, I, uh, you'll get your chance. <laughs> you, <laughs> oh, you'll get your chance. <laughs> All right. So each of our gentlemen get a three-minute opening argument. How do we think we should do this? Should the should the picker go first, or should the? Probably. I think the picker should go first. Yeah. Gives yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I, I gives the other fair. person more time. All right. All right. So, uh, Caleb, you have three minutes to tell me why Ego would win this battle with Thanos. All right. And go. I want to say, first off, I really took to heart. Is it what was it? Rule number two or three where this is a movie. So I'm going to just go ahead and pitch this movie to you. Um, so imagine it is Marvel Universe 2014. We're in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, essentially, um, this is where Star-Lord meets Ego, his father. Except Gamora and Star-Lord are more... Uh, intent on stopping Thanos, right? So when they meet Ego, Gamora tells him right off the bat, hey, 
Thanos is going after the Infinity Stones. This this, this planet guy that you, that is your father might be able to help us. Um, and uh, and so Star Lord goes to Ego after they've met for the first time and are talking and are on his planet. And he's like, "Hey, we need your help with this." Now, of course, Ego's going to be like, "No, no, 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 no. I've got my own things going on." He's got his seeds planted everywhere, and, and he wants to focus on that. But Star-Lord, because he's he's a stand for Gamora, um, uh, is like, okay, but I got to help Gamora out. So he leaves Ego, right? He and Gamora head off to try and intercept what Thanos is doing with the stones. And uh, leaving behind Rocket, uh, maybe, maybe Mantis, I don't know. But after they leave, uh, Ego's like... Ego gets some counsel from either Rocket or Mantis about, hey, maybe if you help him, this this will make things go a little faster with your plan, you know, and you could be like a real father to him for, you know, a minute. And he's like, oh, Ego's like, okay, maybe, maybe I should. So Ego heads out to help Star-Lord and be a father for the first time. And he basically intercepts them trying to take on a, Ch- a Chitari-held stone, like ship with one of the Infinity Stones on it is able to sort of help out. It's that first, like, big action scene in a movie with his... Uh, but he's using one of his remote-made bodies, like his, his human-sized forms. And so we get to see some, like, weird, cool action stuff from the the, the form he's made. Um, and he's able to rescue Star-Lord, but Gamora is captured by her father. So he promises to help him. So Ego goes to Thanos' main ship with the Guardians of the Galaxy because they were allied for a brief time. Um, and they are able to actually... Debate rules, that's your three-minute cutoff. God damn it. Ha! You got two minutes in your rebuttal, worry not. I love where you're going with this. You have the lovers, and then the daddy versus daddy. Yeah. Which is fun. Also, ego is just, you know... Up... I want more than three minutes. That's you're going to get baby. six you all together. You thought about this all week. <laughs> you could have prepped your three minutes. You have two more minutes to wrap a rebuttal. Okay. So and you have a and you have a closing argument. So do not worry. You have just as much time as you've already said. All right, Jake, you're defending our Thanos. our big baddie Thanos here. So let's see how you make this work. Three minutes on the clock and go. Uh, a lot of what you said, Caleb, I don't necessarily disagree with. I think there's a lot of stuff there we could use in a film. Unfortunately, there's some part that we are missing greatly from your film, and that's the fact that Thanos and Ego would not fight in the beginning. Like any true villain story, they would never fight and they would work with each other because what better way to wipe out half of the universe or half of the planets than letting Ego's flowers spread across certain planets, wiping them out and doing part of Thanos' mission right from the right from the get-go. So Thanos and Ego begin to work together. But Thanos is the ultimate opportunist and is always aware of every aspect of everything. He would work with Ego. Ego would jump at the opportunity to work with someone who would help him spread his seed which is a gross way to put it, across the universe. Um, the thing, <laughs> the thing, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, it literally was what it was, is uh, a, a dad spreading his seed across the universe. That's Guardians of the Galaxy too. The important part here is that Thanos would never rest while working with him. He would never take it for granted. He would always do the work to figure out a fail safe. He is someone who always had plans on plans and plans because his goal would always be met in the end. He always, he, if I will, all, I fine, I'll do it myself. He tried so hard to get others to do his plan for him, but he always knew in the end he could do it himself. But the thing with our movie, as things start to spread, I think the Guardians would be involved. I think you'd get a lot of space. Other, I think it's a great movie to bring Beta Ray Bell into, um, things like that. But in the end, Ego, always lying, always tricking, 
tries to take a little bit more than Thanos allowed him to. Crosses Thanos. Thanos knows exactly where to go. He's Thanos has wiped planets out before. We see him in Endgame come back on the ship covered in blood with his helicopter blade, clearly just taking out an entire battlefield. He's a whole army with him. The thing is, Thanos and his army could distract Ego enough on his planet where Thanos himself could go into that, stab right through that with his blade. He's stronger than the Hulk. He can get through that. If Groot, if little Groot can get into there, uh, Thanos can barge his way through. Um, and if not, he can use one of the, the Black Order to help him get through as well. Uh, he can stab right through that nucleus and he can kill that planet. Thanos has killed planets before. He's not afraid to kill planets. He's the ultimate opportunist. There's no way Thanos would allow Ego to stretch farther than he would allow. I yield the rest of my time. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. You have a two-minute rebuttal. My two-minute rebuttal is this. So we this, this daddy versus daddy matchup happens, right? You know, it's just his form. So it's just his, like, human form, which can easily be destroyed. Yeah. But he's got the planet there. But Thanos has a whole fleet. That can be pretty dangerous. So what does Ego do? Who can create anything, be on, like, around his planet? He creates a black hole right next to him now you're gonna say well caleb that black hole would suck in ego's planet too it would and what what's gonna make this movie great what's gonna make this movie dramatic is that ego is going to sacrifice most of his planet ejecting just his brain for his son star lord and then we get a really touching ending it's a it's a good it's, i mean we're kind of making ego into a into a a hero, but that's what this is about, right? This is a movie about where I'm pitching Ego as the the main protagonist and Thanos is the villain. So Ego, for his son, sacrifices his planet. Now he can he can absolutely rebuild around his brain. That's that's gonna happen, but it's gonna take time. But it it it, it destroys the the black hole sucks in all of Thanos's fleet. Thanos himself, because you know it's very hard to escape a black hole unless you are a celestial like ego so he he helps uh star lord escape we get a we get a good uh sacrifice moment at the end of the film just for just for ego to show that he cares about his son and then he's off to rebuild his planet and i don't think ego would ever work with thanos i think that's uh that that that's a ridiculous idea ego um i mean he's called ego i don't think i think he would feel in general lower to work with him but but when it comes to his lineage and his son, I think that's the one thing that would make him, uh, that, that would make him turn. Now, I mean, his, and this is the first son he's had that actually shows the powers. So I think he's going to be very protective of him. And that's why I wanted to, that's why I thought it would be a good daddy-daddy matchup. And time. There you go. Look at that. You wrapped that perfectly. Jake, two-minute rebuttal. Started a little shaky. But... Uh, Caleb, unfortunately, you have everything you've just said backwards. Uh, there's nothing heroic about Ego. Not one thing. He gave cancer to people across the universe and killed thousands of children. Th the bo piles of bones they literally found on his planet from the children that he has murdered who did not show powers. You know who is more heroic than, unfortunately, Ego? Thanos. Though his methods were dark and dirty, he was what doing what he was doing to save the universe. And, he, and, he, and it's all, villains are all about seeing their point of view. I can see Thanos' point of view miles and miles before I see Ego's point of view of literally killing people until he finds someone to continue spreading his progeny across the, the universe. All he wants, Star-Lord is just a means to an end to finish his job. He does not care about that child. He cares about continuing his power and his lineage. Thanos? Thanos cares about completing his goal and saving the universe to whatever ends he would go. And we see that through his arc. 
We see he's willing to do whatever. We see him cry tears as he throws Gamora over the over the because the only thing the only thing he wants more than the love of his children, which he never got from Gamora, was saving the universe, and he made that ultimate sacrifice. He would give the ultimate sacrifice to get done what he needs to get done, as long as he achieved his goals. And though he does not have the Infinity Stones, he is arguably one of the most powerful beings in the universe. He is feared by everyone he comes into contact with, and he's. It's my two minutes, Caleb. Um, and there's nothing stopping him and his army from going to that planet using his lasers. We've seen the power of when that ship fires through, um, uh, like fire, so it rains, rains down upon. He's there, there is army to army. He would do it. And ego, it said, you said it yourself. He is ego. He would never sacrifice part of himself to gain anything. He's all ego. This is my movie pitch. I know. And I get to rebut it. <laughs> Um, and that's why Thanos will win every time because nothing would stop him. We saw his burnt arm at the end. He snapped his fingers knowing it would nearly kill him, and he snapped him again to get rid of the stones. Time. All right. You have one minute to make your closing arguments. His seed would, I mean, we saw it just destroy whatever it touched. So if... I mean, if we're just going to go up based off of strictly power, ignoring my movie pitch, um, if Thanos is just within 100 yards of one of his seeds when it goes off, he's dead. There's nothing, Nothing's going to stop that. So, and he's got, he's, he's good at taking on other armies, but an entire celestial without any infinity stones. And if you look at 2014 Thanos, which is what I'm pitting him up against, he was not the... Uh, the wizened uh, Thanos of 2018's Infinity War. He was just a bloodthirsty uh, con, if you will, um, who maybe maybe he thought he was doing right, but he's he's no better. I mean, you talk about this, the skulls of a few thousand of Ego's children. What about half of an entire planet? That's billions and billions and billions from multiple planets. So... I, he he cried and that's time that's time alright my closing arguments in my one minute to rebut you Caleb he almost won in the Avengers by uh, using his planning and strategic uh, strategy to send Loki and the Chitauri army to New York with infinity stones multiple infinity stones I'm but I'm I'm uh, just saying this is at Jake's time I yeah, award you uh, 10 that's six. that's a negative point against you Caleb um <laughs> I'm saying he still was able to do it with strategy. He still was able to make that plan. Number two, he fought an elder of the universe and he beat him handily when the, he went to go see the collector. The collector couldn't stop him. The collector is an elder of the universe, and he is, and he was able to stop him no problem. Last but not least, if that uh, if the seed was begin spreading as we know it, uh, we've seen him use teleporting on a ship, and there's no way that that seed would be on a ship and he'd be safe from that. We've seen him teleport in Endgame from wherever he was onto his ship uh, when they first bring Gamora and Nebula onto the ship. Um, other than that, there's no stopping Thanos when he sets his mind to something. And we see that because he succeeds in wiping out half of the universe where no one else is able to ever wield that power or succeed doing something like that. And time. Okay. Whew. You both made some compelling arguments. I think you both did a better job poking holes in the other person's argument than making your own argument. Like, so for example, I totally agree with what Jake said, that Ego would not team up with somebody. Like, that just wouldn't happen because he's Ego. But 
I don't know, Jake, that I agree with the idea of Thanos just going onto Ego's planet, and, like punching his way to the core because he's stronger than the Hulk. Like if he's on his planet, to Caleb's point, he can do like literally anything, including opening a black hole and creating his own army. Similarly, I think Jake very much brought up a good point that Ego is not going to sacrifice anything for anyone. It's about Ego, Ego, Ego. So you guys did such a good job. Mm. I need like a timer for a decision. Nice things we can cut in between it too. So. We can. <laughs> we can cut in between it because you might need to for a moment. Gosh, I think I have to give this one to Caleb. And I think it's strictly because the rebuttals that Caleb brought up, like Jake, you said he's going to bring a whole army and then Caleb said he's going to open a black hole. There seemed to be a response for everything. So I think I have to give this one to Caleb slash ego. To be fair, the MCU had to get rid of ego for Thanos to do the, the what he did. Mm. That and the as guardians as well, like Odin. I'd I like think... it to go. On, I'd like it to go on record that if I were to have the choice of picking between ego and Thanos, I would have picked Thanos anyways. Yay! Oh, I firmly believe Thanos would still win this fight every time. All right, here. All right, boys. I think those were good arguments. However, after making my decision, I'm making another decision with my powers as the living tribunal. I want to change up the way we're doing these debates a little bit. So, go forward. You're each going to have your three-minute openers. But instead of having a two-minute rebuttal by yourself, I'm actually going to give you five minutes together to just argue about it. Because yeah. I like it. I want to see the chaos. And then I will give you each a minute of dedicated time to close. Some women Are you just both cool with that? Actually, I don't care if you're cool with it. I'm the living tribunal, and my decisions <laughs> win. And so you're just going to deal with it. I'm changing the rules mid-game. I love it. I, I mean, too. if there's an asterisk on Caleb's win here, that is what it is. Um, I also don't know that I pronounced the word asterisk, asterisk correct. <laughs> Close enough. I feel like maybe. All right. Next matchup, super interesting. This is our first upset of the alien round from round one. We had Nebula, our number six seed, take down the Grandmaster, our number three seed. And that was just basically due to the guys giving her an incredible amount of skill and cunning and that she'd be able to get in there and assassinate him before, you know, his legions of, of people would be able to stop her. Um, and we also loved that Jake brought up that the grandmaster's power of using the discs to mind control people probably aren't going to work on Nebula. Who's like half cyborg yeah, and would just be like, haha, that's funny and kick it out of her body. Nebula is going up against our number two seed, Surtur, which last time was a was a big discussion between Surtur and Malekith, and I ultimately had to tie break that one. Um, so Surtur with the crown versus our number six seed, Nebula. Spin that wheel, and let's find out who gets to pick their champion. <laughs> Jake. 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 I'm going to pick Nebula. <laughs> Do it. You are. Okay. Sorry, Caleb. No, that's okay. The wheel has spoken and the, the wheel, wheel, the wheel, the wheel has spoken. All right, Jake. So you get three minutes opening argument on why Nebula would beat Surtur and go. 
and away we go. Uh, so with Nebula, uh, picture this film uh, taking place after the destruction of Asgard. Uh, Surtur is uh, is probably lurking somewhere on some planet, feeling pretty good about bringing forth Ragnarok. I can't imagine he died in that uh, since he was the one who brought it. Maybe he did, but in this movie, he's taken up residence on some Mustafarian-style uh, flame planet, and he's sitting back, drinking magma, enjoying himself. Um, and for all the reasons that we said uh, that Nebula would have bested in the first round is the reasons why I think she would again best in this round. Uh, Surtur has completed his task. He is, I don't even think, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even think it's going to be that. This is like the beginning of Nebula's movie. Uh, this is not even the full length, baby. Uh, is that, and she's been tasked with 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 getting the crown back because uh, she spent time with, Thor, uh, with on the ship with Thor uh, as in the Guardians and uh, Thor needed someone he could trust to go get the crown back and start rebuilding Asgard. Um, and what what does Surtur have? He's completed his goal. He's brought forth Ragnarok. He's not paying attention to small things. He's not he's he's not as concerned with the bigger picture. He's accomplished his goal. So he's sitting, getting fat, eating uh, the Mustafarian uh, flame hogs that are plentiful on the planet. Um, and uh, he's snoozing one night, and there's not I'm certain Nebula using her cunning, her smarts, um, and probably a little help and a little tips from Thor himself after I get to hang out with him. Uh, would be able to steal that crown and bring him back to normal size. Um, and once the crown has been stolen, because he's not going to expect a small gnat like that to 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 take that from him, uh, it's it's easy pickings for her. Uh, he wasn't all that. He was limping around without the crown. He's a, he's a lot less powerful. Um, and I think that Nebula is not afraid to shoot first and ask questions later. And once that crown was uh, was succeeded, pretty much bringing him down as fast as she stole that crown to begin with. Uh, Nebula's quick, she's smart, she thinks on her feet, she has so many mechanical enhancements. Fire is not gonna hurt her as we see her pull her hand to pulling out the infinity stone in, in sure it burns some of her way, but she's still whole in the end, she can still use herself. Flame's not a big uh, fear for her. Uh, Nebula has a lot going for her and the fact that she is so underestimated in this fight is the exact reason why she would win. I yield the rest of my time. Oh the rest of your time nice all right, all right. caleb Surter. Uh, okay let's be real here Surter, demon from the fire plane i i think cl like clearly in a one-on-one -on -one matchup this is gonna go one way so let's make this movie a comedy a la thor ragnarok comedy action uh where instead of loki thanos sends nebula to Earth in the Avengers timeline. The original Avengers event is Nebula instead of Loki. All right? And uh, with the, uh, what's it called? The 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 Bifrost broken, um, Thor is unable to actually make it uh, all the way to Earth. Um, and so Nebula comes in handily, takes out most of the Avengers, and uh, Surtur gets a, a request uh, sort of comical from Odin to use the Twilight Sword, which has been known to pierce the, or is able to move between realms, or allows him to move between realms, uh, to come to Midgard and takes on the Chitari army. And at first is, you know, is a little overwhelmed because this is a comedy. You got to have like, a, oh, 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 you got to have a little back and forth, a little back and forth. But is uh, ultimately um, able to rally sort of. Uh, he fights the Jatari and Black Dwarf. Um, it's good to see Black Dwarf a little earlier in the MCU. But, and, but is able to save what is left of the Avengers. 
However, he loses, we'll say he's got a comic sidekick demon who makes wisecracks, kind of like Korg, except fiery. Um, and he's like, oh no, I can't leave him, I can't leave my sidekick. So, with the new Avengers, Sans Thor, he goes up against Nebula uh, at her throne uh, in New York at the top of Avengers Tower uh, with his sword versus her, her blades uh, and uh, is able to rescue him, but the portal is ultimately opened. Thor shows up at that very moment with the Eternal Flame, because we want a little tension, and Surtur is able to go full Surtur with the Eternal Flame and his crown, and ultimately takes down Nebula, but has to go up sort of in through the portal to stop the uh, um, the Chitauri invasion fleet. And we get a really cool, like, sp kind of space battle, like, sword battle with him with his giant twilight sword as this gigantic form taking on these these Chitauri ships and destroying them. Uh, and the uh, the end is very similar to what happens in Avengers. They're able to close the porter, leaving Surtur in this giant form sort of floating through space around all of these debris. It's kind of funny, but he's got, in the end, he'll have his, like, comic sidekick um, floating through space with him. It's kind of a, a, a weird dark comedy ending, but it, it's Surtur. He's, he has been defeated by Odin, uh, but survived. I, I, I don't think Nebula's got a chance here. Um, even with, you know, the Chitari army or whatever she's coming with. She's very intelligent, but, um, something that is, has a very hard time to die. And that is time. All right, gents, compelling arguments on both sides good pitches for movies. I would watch both of them. However, it's time to duke it out. You have five minutes to just argue with each other. So Caleb, you made a open debate. You made a, you made a massive miss on yours. There's one, there's one huge problem with your argument, unfortunately, mm -hmm. is that you came into a sword fight thinking that you would win when we've seen many times before Nebula gets into trouble in a sword fight. There's one woman who's going to help her out. And if there's portals involved, there's no way Gamora's not stepping in as the deadliest woman in the galaxy, the best woman in the galaxy with a sword to help her sister out. We Gamora's know how be much busy with a dragon. I'm just saying, we <laughs> all, you, there's no, there's no, we know f more than anything how much Gamora loves her sister as much as they hate each other. Mm -hmm. And if she was in a sword fight, there's no way Gamora doesn't drop down, uh, stop whatever she's doing, and get over there and and, and best in that sword fight before Surtur even gets to be the big boy you, you want him to be. Um, and so I, and I, I think truly that there's, he has no chance of winning without being. If you recall the character, uh, bio from his episode, he is a master swordsman courtesy of Mia's backup. So, this is uh, true. I, I, well, we know that Gamora is good with blades. Uh, I actually don't remember if she's listed as a master swordsman. She's the deadliest woman in the galaxy. She's a that's, deadly woman that's that is her title she's the deadliest woman in the galaxy um and we see in ragnarok uh the un eternal flamed surter uh limping and dragging his sword he's not quick and in that fight you need quickness to win and if you have nebula and gamora going at surter quickness wins that fight every time yeah but what good are their swords gonna do when he's got the eternal flame and he's 150 feet 100 what, what like two miles high or something like, that's a little different, I would agree, but I think and that's, that's he has that he has that power. And in your movie, he didn't have it yet, though. At that point, which that's is that's because I, I wanted was... some dramatic tension. So I could even add that Gamora shows up with the Chitari fleet, but he still gets the the Eternal Flame, and, and he's got the Twilight Sword, which honestly would destroy any of their basic weapons. 
And the only reason he was defeated he in Thor Ragnarok him. was because he was being, or I should say defeated, um, was because he was going up against Mjolnir, which is an, a magically enhanced uh, super weapon that's been forged in the heart of a dying star. Gamora and Nebula neither have weapons that have been forged in the heart of a dying star. Um, so I think that it's it, it'd be like firing a gun at him. It's not going to do anything but slow him my- down. To my counter to that, one last thing that we're forgetting, if we're going straight might and we're going at all resources available, mm-hmm. there's one person who loves their, uh, in a little revenge <laughs> from the grave here, uh, Thanos is still alive in your timeline and in your film. And there's no way Thanos doesn't stop in to come and help as well. He might and come the, back for vengeance, and the, but and the after might, he kills Nebula. And the might of Nebula, Gamora, and Thanos together, uh, it's not going to, Surtur, though being maybe tall, is, again, you're now competing with, all of that and i'm not even trying to say that i really think back to my portion if he was that big there nebula is smart enough to know when to f- fall back and attack afterwards she would run we've seen her run in all the movies she she uh, we, we see her bide her time and then strike when she knows when the best time to strike is does it always mm-hmm. work no but she's smart enough to know when to run and when to then attack best um and that's when she would go in and when surter was not expecting it and if he was flying in space who has spaceships Nebula knows people who have spaceships. He can get out there, get that <laughs> crown off of him, no problem, and take him out. Nebula has the smarts to do so. But does she have the power to do so? Um, I don't think Weird, so. Weird, because when you're in space, though, like if you're just in normal space, don't you need oxygen for flame to This burn? was the end of the movie. I mean, he's don't magical. Fl- it's magical flame. Let's be real. I'm just saying, it's just an important point to think about is that like if if you're in space, is his flame as strong? He can't, you know? We, that's why if, the fight starts on earth in my movie um i mean right it, but, it takes place in 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 the in in his plane is that where she's going to get the crown in your movie potentially why not so then like he's got all the power of his entire plane i'm even pulling him out of his element right. to go so, up against Nebula, and i'm and fighting, I think he's I'm still fighting on your side of things so if we're on your side of things his flames are in strong space and that's when she bides her time to go get him but she, he's already killed her by then. He kills her at the top of Says Avengers you. Tower. Yeah, because it's my bitch. <laughs> I say she, it, she makes, makes it the seem beat. like she's dead. She there runs has away. to be. It's it's the the Chitauri army invading is is the setback after the conflict. So and that's why that's when he Caleb, goes up. Like any good comic book movie, no one ever stays dead. Nebula's a robot. Just because she dies, <laughs> she can get put back together. We've seen her be dismantled before. She can we, come back, and she can win. We've seen Surtur be defeated and then come back again. Not in the same sense, no. We haven't. He was defeated. I mean, we didn't see him defeated by Odin, but... Exactly. And that's the five-minute wrap. Boys, fiery. Not even just Surtur uh-huh. fiery, but, oh, like, fiery it. in general. <laughs> All right. Jake, you have a minute. Closing arguments. It's Go. The cl- it's the classic uh, David and Goliath. You you're gonna you're gonna want to. You think the big guy is gonna win no matter what. He's got the strength. He's got the he's got the the power. But you always underestimate your foe. And there's no one more underestimated in the MCU than Nebula is, giving her a bunch of a, a quite a big upper hand because she's not even gonna be considered to be a victor in this part. Surtur would probably not even bat an eye at that. Um, and but she has the resources of Thanos on her side. Uh, she has the smarts i think the fact that she is pretty resistant to flame harming her is huge in this sense um i think her mastery of being in space for so long is huge in this sense um uh nothing i i really think that she is uh it's 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 a it's a tall order 
But out of just about anyone I can think of in the MCU, I think that she is the one crafty enough and willing to do the dirty work that was needed to take this victory. Um, it would be very exciting. And that right there is why I think Nebula would be the winner in this fight. Yay. Good closer. All right. Caleb, what you got in 60 seconds? In 60 seconds? Uh, he, he's, a, he's a freaking fire demon from the plane of fire. <laughs> like, I get that she's resistant to fire, but we're talking about the, the thing. <laughs> like, he his flame is hotter than anything in the known universe. Okay, we've seen her survive, a, like, a ray shield, but if her entire arm is melted off, then she can't she can't sword fight. Um, she can't fight him. She might be able to be rebuilt if he lets her escape. And she's pretty good at escaping, but I think in this specific scenario, it's it, it's meant to be like a, a like they're taking they're taking each other on. So I like I, I adore Nebula and I think she's really smart and intelligent. Um, but this is a this is not a this is not a warlord that she's going up against with an army that she's trying to sneak by this is just a, a demon he's a, a freaking demon <laughs> um so I, I think it's and with the eternal flame he's good to be fair it's exactly like a warlord in his army <laughs> that she's sneaking by <laughs> to be fair that's exactly the beginning of ragnarok <laughs> all right friends you guys you kill me i think you both brought up some very good points I really like, Jake, how you talked about how Nebula would have inside information from Thor that would help her take him down. I think the flaw in your argument was when we entered the debate, you just ceded to Caleb's setup. Instead of, like, defending your own, you just went into his and tried to poke holes in why it wasn't going to go. Which, interesting strategy. Not wrong, not right. But um, I really I love when so you said... so confident in my setup. I didn't have to argue it for it anymore. I felt so That is fair. Um, I really liked some of these points that you guys brought up, particularly can flame burn in deep space. There's no oxygen, but it's probably magical flame. I mean, that eternal flame burns forever with probably no fuel. So like, who knows there? Jeez. All right. I think that the winner of this round is Nebula. Dang it. I think that there are some very compelling points, particularly that she's not going to go. If we did go to Caleb's round, I think you're right, Jake, because the whole time Caleb was talking, I was like, there's zero percent chance if she started to lose this thing that like the Black Order and Thanos and Gamora wouldn't just like show up because in Caleb's version, she's still aligned with all that versus in your version, you're talking about how she's aligned with the Guardians. So in both of the scenarios, we have Nebula with like these incredible resources just going up against force, like a brute force type scenario. And I really loved the whole idea of Nebula stealing the crown. What I liked about Jake's argument was he talked about how she would take him down at his strongest. Like you went into the idea that he was like already wearing the crown, done Ragnarok and was like the biggest, baddest ass that he was going to be. And you still had a way for her to win. So I'm going to go with Nebula on this one. That is the winner. Okay, so that wraps up the alien bracket one one, Caleb. for one one. round two, and the boys are one to one. So moving on into the next round from the aliens category is our number one seed Ego versus our number six seed Nebula. Oh, Interesting matchups. Now we're going to enter the magic category. Magic, magic. Ooh. Some heavy hitters. <laughs> so the first opponent to enter the ring in the magic category is our number one seed Dormammu. 
Dormammu is coming off a fight with our number eight seed destroyer. That was not even a conversation. It lasted about five seconds and then it was over. Poor destroyer. Odin force didn't help. So Dormammu entering the ring against our number four seed, the Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff. So Wanda went up against Ebony Ma in round number one, which I thought was going to be like a pretty tough fight. And then you guys just basically were like, nope, Scarlet Witch post like vision dying is epic. So really, we, we have quite a matchup on our hands. And I can't wait to see how this, how this thing goes down with, you know, yeah. So exciting times. Spin that wheel. Who gets to pick their champion? I want to like say it, but I know she's coming. (laughs) Caleb. 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 All right, Caleb. So you have first pick. I'm going to go with my tried and true lady, Scarlet Witch. I knew you would. I knew Mm. you would. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah. it's, a better, it's a better argument, I think. Um, <laughs> all right. To be totally honest. So, <laughs> Jake, you still have to fight this thing. I'm going. Oh, I'm going to give it my all. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it's. I. It's that's a tough one. It's, 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 an exci- it's a more right. exciting fight for him, I think. Caleb, you have a three-minute opening argument. Tell us how Wanda Maximoff is going to beat. Dormammu. All right, let's start. Uh, this is post WandaVision. So w- Wanda clearly has like all of her powers going. And really, this is the most we're seeing, like after WandaVision is kind of the most we've seen her be a villain. Um, so uh, she's got all her powers and she's got the dark hold. And uh, I-, I think we're going to bring in for this two hour movie uh, a Marvel or a Marvel character that is uh, related to Dormammu, Umar. Uh, is attempting to summon Dormammu into the world. Now, you may be saying, Caleb, this is kind of similar to Caecilius in Doctor Strange, and you'd be right, because um, we've seen Dormammu defeated before, so, to an extent. So, or Umar is trying to summon Dormammu into the world, and uh, as a sort of refusal to the call, if you will, Wanda's going to be like, no, 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 the sorcerers got this. They got it last time. I'm studying my stuff. I'm doing good. i got to find my kids. Uh, however, uh, Doctor Strange is going to come to her and specifically ask her for help because uh, she has worked with Doctor Strange in the past. And uh, so they go on a little fun adventure to some ancient Wiccan tombs that may contain information about Dormammu and the Dark Realm, uh, specifically because uh, the Dark Hold, which she currently has, comes from, or the Book of the Damned, is supposed to draw power from the Dark Realm, which is, there's a little bit of... There's not, it's not really clear in the MCU specifically, uh, but I'm going to connect the Darkhold's power to the Dark Realm uh, just, just, for, just for fun. Um, and during that, that's where she's going to go up against, we're going to get a sort of confrontation between her and Umar, and ultimately Umar is going to take the Darkhold. Uh, or no, excuse me, she's going, to, uh, she's going to try, but she's not going to succeed. She's going to take uh, Doctor Strange. <laughs> um, but she's got the artifact from the ancient Wiccans, that has the way of bringing Dormammu into this realm. And that's what she's exactly she's going to do. And so we're going to get to see uh, the sort of a classic comic version of Dormammu as it takes a, a form in this realm. And so you get you get sort of that old look with like, it's like a fl- kind of like a flaming skull a little bit um, and the cape. 
because in his realm, he's the big head, but I think when he comes to this realm, he has to take a specific form. Um, but he's going to have all his powers. Uh, however, uh, when Scarlet Witch goes up against her chaos magic combined with the power of the Darkhold, which is drawing its power from the Dark, uh, dark Realm, is able to find a way to make him mortal um, because he is in this specific realm. And basically cutting him off from his own, from where his powers come from, and sealing the realm itself. So she is able to mortalize him, and ultimately take him down. Um, however, this uh, unleashes Umar's uh, ultimate ability because she uh, ultimately Wanda has to sacrifice the Dark Hold to win. Which is that kind was of a, a pitch. It was a pitch. It was a pitch. The last three minutes. Nice pitch. Thanks. Interesting. Jake, you, you have Dormammu. Uh, yeah, go. I, I'm not biased at all. Just talk. Uh, Caleb, unfortunately, you've activated my trap card. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the Darkhold is powered through the Dark Dimension. It is it is Dormammu's magic uh, in in this world we have created. And a, and a lot of what I was thinking, you've you've spoken as well. I like the idea of using Umar's great, using stuff like that. Uh, mine's a little different. Uh, she, uh, as we know, at the end of uh, WandaVision, Scarlet Witch has brought herself back to the woods. She's studying the dark hole. She's learning as much as she possibly can. Uh, and she starts hearing voices of her kids. And uh, she begins to find ways through this dark magic to open portals to the multiverse and to find ways to find her children that she's missing dearly that she wants to bring back. Uh, and she is being tempted and tempted more by this dark magic. She doesn't know how to use it. She's studying the book by herself. Uh, and what happens? Uh, she so fully succumbs to the power of the Darkhold, and she becomes a disciple of Dormammu. Uh, she gets the crystallized eyes that we see Cassilius has, and she becomes the the live the the live. She starts to become Dormammu in this. I was, had the exact same thought: is that Dormammu begins to bleed into our reality? But who is she? But who does he want to come into the world as? What vessel does he want to take? The most powerful person he could possibly take. Who's the most powerful wizard or witch on the planet? Scarlet Witch. And in my film, unfortunately, it's it's not so much a fight as it is Dormammu taking over Scarlet Witch. And at first, she she it's almost like a symbiote in in the Spider-Man uh, comics, not the movies, um, in that she's able to do these incredible things. She's able to bring her kids back, but she becomes more and more corrupted. You see her face start to crack as those flames start to come through, and we start to see her become totally totally taken over and becomes the living embodiment of Dormammu on this plane. Chaos magic and dark magic finally brought together. And unfortunately, this movie ends with a fight between Doctor Strange and with Scarlet Witch, a.k.a. Dormammu, fighting together. And we have this wonderful wizard fight, the multiverse cracking. Uh, and in the end, uh, the last thing she does is she sacrifices herself. Um, and the Scarlet Witch uh, is kills herself to stop Dormammu from fully coming over when she has a sense of reality and she sees that her children are there. But the last thing she's able to do is to cement her children in this reality before she leaves and Doctor Strange takes them under. Um, and it's really Scarlet Witch that saves the day, but she does it unfortunately by sacrificing herself and allowing Dormammu to continue to survive and live on in the dark dimension. Uh, so in the end, it's a little bit of a different way to do it, but Scarlet Witch in the end dies and Dormammu succeeds in the fact that he is still alive and still the ruler of the Dark Dimension. Is this the argument time? I yield the rest of my time. Oh. No, this is opening, but gosh, that was interesting, and it's about to be argument time. All right, guys, five minutes. And right, argue! So, Jake, I love that idea. In fact, I'm going to put it in my movie. However, <laughs> uh, put it in my movie. when she's tempted, she goes, I mean, in so many words, she goes, 
I'm the fucking Scarlet Witch. I'm, uh, she has, she, if anyone knows about temptation and mind control, it's Scarlet Witch. We, we know she's, she's warped people's minds in Age of Ultron, so she knows what that kind of magic can do. She's had it turned on her in WandaVision. She's been tempted by her children, by her, her lost love in WandaVision, and she has already chosen to give it up. So she would not, I, well, I, I think it would be a great, like, moment I think it would be one of those, like the 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 staff on Iron Man's chest in Avengers. She'd be like performance issues, and she would she'd be like, I I know those temptations, and I I've already faced them, and that's why she would be able to resist any sort of temptation from Dormammu. As strong as he is, she is she is be, she's able to create her own reality. She can do that at any time. She can bring the kids back if she wants, if she doesn't care about other people. The fact is she does care about other people, and she has made that choice in the MCU. So she, well tempted, we will have that scene. She's going to overcome it, and she will take on Dormammu one-on-one in an epic scarlet, like chaos magic versus dark eldritch magic battle on Earth. And uh, yeah, I think that's... I th- mm-hmm. If she's using the dark hold though, and she has access to dark magic... Th- it- that, that that's then that null and voids her power of the dark hold at that point because Dormammu controls that that magic, um, and I think you're underestimating the uh, the desire of a mother to find her children because she knows when she creates the reality those kids aren't real, in the end those are not truly real. But being able to find a way to go through the multiverse and find real tangible kids in a reality that they did exist is something that I think Scarlet Witch would do, um, because it's not it's not using her powers to warp reality. She's using her powers to to literally find a reality in which that existed not to warp reality but to travel through reality and to but find something where that's cemented i think, I think she knows she not to rely on a, a, a someone else or a different power source for it because does, does she know that the dark hold she doesn't know anything she, about dormammu and she's she, been studying that book like we see her literally she, in astral projecting learning as much as she can from that book without mm-hmm. any so she honestly may know about Dormammu if it if that book is powered from the dark dimension it probably has information about Dormammu and the dark dimension and well she we only saw her like remotely she may astral project to talk to Doctor Strange about it so if she's got an ally who has already gone up against Dormammu so she has access to information about him about the dark dimension about the eldritch powers if she really if she wanted to know about him and she could easily see how much it was going to cost. Cassilius was one of the most profound uh, magicians on the planet and still succumbed to the power of Dormammu. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that Scarlet Witch is necessarily unique in that sense that she wouldn't be able to either. If you're promised the power for everything, especially when you are given the ability to potentially find your kids and corrupt yourself. But the thing here is, is let's get to the fight aspect of it. Let's look at the true fighting aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if Dormammu were to come to this come to our plane to fight her, in your sense, when they are two separate people, uh, if if Scarlet Witch kills him in this reality, he still lives in this in his reality. She need to go into the dark dimension to kill him to truly win this fight. And as we know, in that dimension, he's all powerful. I don't think there's any amount of chaos magic that can be done or reality warping that can be done in there to stop Dormammu from truly existing and win. In the sense that Doctor Strange only won because Dormammu finally said, "Okay, you win. I can't stay in a time loop forever." Well, and that's why I think that, I mean, we, we haven't seen what's in the Darkhold, but I, I think there may be, with between her chaos magic and the power that comes from it, that's why I think she'd be able to find something, and Doctor Strange as an ally, that could trap him in this dimension as a mortal being, 
and that's when she'd be able to kill him is because she she does not have to take this fight on by herself she has allies some of the most powerful allies in the universe and the only way that they were able to defeat uh dormammu previously was dr strange had one infinity stone she is essentially the living embodiment of all the infinity stones not literally one of, but of one of them well she's got but she's got the powers of well she isn't the infinity stones we have seen her display the powers of the infinity stones um because her because chaos magic is crazy powerful in the mcu so far but um, I, I just think that she would, of anyone in the universe, she's the best to take on Dormammu. All right. That is the end of our debate round. So you each have a one-minute closing argument to make your case on why your character could win, starting with Caleb. Scarlet Witch, um, like I said, she's gone up against temptation. Uh, she's been offered her children and her reality, and she has turned it down. Um, I think it would be an interesting one scene for her to be tempted, but she's going to, she is right now uh, the most powerful being in the MCU. And I think that's why she's on this villain bracket and why they're sort of turning her into a villain in the MCU. Um, and I think it would be a great sort of, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but I think it's its clear that she is, uh, well, it would be a, a, a close fight, um, I think she would find a way between the Darkhold, between her connections with Doctor Strange and the Eldritch Powers, um, and just her chaos magic in general, and time to study, which we know she has had, that she would be able to uh, find a way to take down Dormammu. And uh, and also, um, more Wanda. More, uh, what's her name? <laughs> Anytime we get more Wanda. Yeah. All right, Jake, you have a minute. Go. Let's listen. Is this not a villain bracket? Are we not talking about villains here? What's more interesting is a villain who decides to maybe go a little bit more full villain. Maybe some a fall is always more interesting, and the redemption is always a more interesting story, and especially with superheroes. We've seen it many times in many different heroes. They have a villain arc. And we know there's no better trigger for Wanda to, to turn full villain than to doing what she believes to be the right thing and finding her kids back. She would take every opportunity she possibly could. She would use every bit of magic she has access to. And unfortunately, I think it would end in 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 the in her 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 death. It's not an exciting battle in the sense that we in the normal way we think of it. Like it's not these two forces battling and one standing over the other. But it's a much more powerful story of loss, sacrifice, and doing what they what any person would do to save their family. Um, and I think in the end, the idea is that Wanda is truly a good person. But unfortunately, she succumbed to the magic. All right. Those were two very good arguments. <sighs> you guys don't make this easy. Okay. First, I have to commend Jake because I may have been going into Jake. this. I have a little biased on this fight. Like, I just have to say, like, I went into this and was like, okay, Jake, give it a good shot. But, like, <laughs> I'm not going to believe you. And you brought up some really good points. Um, Caleb, I love your focusing on the dark hold and tying it into the world of Dormammu. It was kind of neat because you guys were both kind of describing like alternate versions of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which right. was kind of neat, like to envision. And you know, we have a Doctor Strange villain. Did I say Doctor Who just a moment ago? No, I meant to say Doctor. Strange. I did. Okay, good. I would good. love if Doctor Who was in this, but this would be Multiverse. it. Would be lovely right. if he showed up, um, or she depending on which season. Allons-y. Really, really some great points all around. I think 
I think Jakey made some very good points about the weaknesses of Wanda's character making her susceptible. I love the idea of having Dormammu like mind control her. Caleb, I loved your your bringing up the idea that she would somehow like mortalize Dormammu and what would he even do with that? Like she out magics Dormammu with his own magic, which Nobody is very Nobody out magics the magic. Very cool. Um, I like the idea of bringing in Umar. Jake, when you, when you talked about Dormammu controlling her and said that she would be like the living embodiment of the dark dimension because what, what better vessel is there? Like, that's just crazy, crazy to think about. Um, all right. So here's where I am landing. So I think the one flaw that you had in your argument, Jake, was when you described your movie at the end, I know that Scarlet Witch dies and Dormammu lives, but to me, she wins. The battle that they were having, she won. He was vanquished. And in my head, vanquishing is winning, even if you have to sacrifice yourself to do it. And Caleb, I think, made some really compelling arguments about, about Scarlet Witch and, and Oh, I I want Scarlet Witch. Tapping to into I'm the chaos saying, magic like, and the Eldritch magic. So I'm gonna have to give this one to Caleb and the Scarlet Witch, but I do give you tip of the hat pizza points to jake for even making me think about it because how much is a tip of the hat in pizza points a tip of the hat i'm gonna go with five pizza points i'll take it it was very good though and also i want to watch both of these movies like you just made me very excited for dr strange so fun fun okay scarlet witch is moving on though um I mean, that's what I want. I, I didn't want Dormammu to win. I just had to try, like, <laughs> try to make the most no, sense you, as I could. No, you had to do your job. Right, And exactly. you did your job very well. Um, Good movie pitches both. Loved it. Okay. Last uh, round of this episode and last round in the second round of the alien bracket, is, or sorry, magic bracket, magic. is our number three seed, Hela, versus our number two seed, Loki. So you got a little sibling rivalry going on. Hela is hot off her fight with Cassilius, um, which you guys talked about forever. And I sat over here being like, what is wrong with you? Hela's going to win this hands down. <laughs> um, and then Loki is hot off his fight with Mordo. Um, so we've got the two, the two siblings uh, going, battling it out. So let's see who gets to pick uh, step their siblings. step siblings Sibling. still. Jake. Hey, Jake. Okay, Jake, so you get to pick. What? Number two, Loki. Number three, Hella. Do I go with the heart or the, or the brain? This is gonna be cut time. Yeah, I know. I, I'd have to think about it. I was trying to, you know. No, that's I, I'm just it's another one of those, like, uh, I'll take Hella. Nice. Okay. All right. So opening arguments to Jake defending Hela in a battle against Loki. Loki's uh, Loki's big problem here is that he does in fact have too much heart. He doesn't want to show it. Uh, he doesn't. He but he cares, and unfortunately, that's always been his biggest weakness. As much as he tries not to show it, uh, whereas Hela does not. <laughs> Hela doesn't give a fuck about anything or anyone. She only cares about her and her ascension and her power. Uh, she can wield Mjolnir, which we've seen uh, is a bit of a bane to Loki. In in, but she doesn't have it. She's shattered. She doesn't even need it. 
they both they both can do uh, dagger things. She can fire daggers out of out of her uh, out of her hand at will, whereas Loki has to use daggers that he has. He only really has one shot at it. But let's look at the movie aspect of it. What would sort of bring these two to a full brawl? And I think it comes down to uh, we'll set it sort of before uh, Ragnarok just to give uh, give it a little a little more, more interesting things. And I think uh, this would probably be. Hela comes back. She's, or, or you know what? Let's say, let's, let's actually set it after. I'm going to set it after. Hela dies, uh, and she's in. She takes over, and she becomes the ruler of Hell. H E L in the in the Norse mythology, um, and she begins to, and she's sort of trapped down there. Um, and who's dead too? Loki's dead. Uh, so where do they meet next? In Hell. Uh, and we have sort of this uh, this thing where Loki is trying to uh, plot his way out of hell like it, of course he would he's he's the he's the trickster he's the trickster god he's going to get himself out of there but who's stopping him is hella and fenrir and her horde of army um and unfortunately as we know with loki whose plans always seem to foil in some way uh there's no way he's getting out of hell without help um i think the movie again this is more of a first act thing because in the end i think he would succeed but it would take help for him to get out of there um, and it wouldn't necessarily be his triumph over Hela that gets him out of there. It would be somebody else's, which again is sort of seeding my point in a way that I, we're talking about last time. But if we're looking at just the battle between the two of them, and we're talking about a one-on-one -on -one battle uh, of what happens here, uh, Loki would only ever get out on a technicality. Uh, and that's the point to him for sure. But if you're looking at the fight, uh, I think it's him trying to sneak out and Hela catching him. Um, and almost like a, like a stray dog picking up by a short collar and throwing him back in. Uh, and it's almost like a comedy in the sense that we keep seeing him attempting different ways to get out and consistently being caught by the warden. Um, and I, I might have just, I realized that I might have given my point away in the end just because I do think he would escape because Loki always seems to find a way. But I do, there's no realm in which Loki beats Hela. Um, and he, and, and, and then it would would Loki actually ask for help getting out is my question. And I don't think he would. So I'm trying to think of who would help him out. And I don't have a good answer for him right now. So thus he stays trapped in hell. Um, and he's not he's not brave enough or uh, strong enough is the right answer to ask for help getting out of hell. I see. My All time. right. Interesting stuff. You actually only seated like three seconds. So yes. that's three seconds to you, Caleb. Hey, Thanks, look at that. You're so generous. A boon. A boon. Interesting movie pitch. Exciting. All right, Caleb, three minutes. Go. I feel a little bit at a disadvantage with my pitch um, because we've already seen Loki defeat Hela. Thor Ragnarok. It, it I, he, I like, I know it's Thor's movie technically, but Who's the one that ultimately summons Surtur to destroy her? Who's the one that sneaks in? Who's the one that is that it is able to uh, get like get Thor out of there? Like basically, like well, it's Thor's movie. Loki's the one that's doing a lot of heavy lifting. Who's the one that swoops in to save Thor at the end? Uh, like Loki, Loki has allied with Thor and and with um, and them, and so we we do see. Um, with the help of of the Revengers, um, he is able to uh, to defeat her, um, and we've seen it on screen. So I don't know how to pitch a movie that we've already seen um, where Loki defeats her. the o The only change I would make, if I, we really wanted to focus, um, is instead of uh, where is it? Um, 
like Loki would still sit on the th- throne and we could we could keep Thor out a little longer um, because then Loki wouldn't go to Earth so she wouldn't get back to Earth as quickly um, and he could travel to face her on Earth he would probably lose that first fight um, because she's recruited an executioner at that even with like his Asgardian um, uh, army and so uh, she's able to uh, however but her not being on Asgard has made her a little weaker um, but she's able to return to Asgard. She hasn't had the time to gain power. As we know, Odin said, the longer she's on Asgard, the more powerful she gets. But she's only just gotten back to Asgard when we get to a final fight. And even with uh, the undead and Fenrir, uh, I think with the Revengers, um, because he would need to call on them, uh, he would be able to easily sneak in. He, well, even if she was coming back with him still on the throne without Thor being there, he would have all of the things in Odin's vault, including the casket of winters, um, the, uh, the the eternal crown, or and the eternal flame. Excuse me, and what whatever else. I, there's some other stuff in there we we don't really know about, but um, he might even have a destroyer. But I think just having the chance for Ragnarok and having uh, the Revengers as allies. Um, we've already seen him defeat Hela. It's a movie. This is sort of a convenient pairing that has happened um, where we've already seen what it, Loki defeat Hela with, with his allies and not even in a direct way. Like I wouldn't, um, they wouldn't have to go up one-to-one in a final fight um, because he would just summon Surtur and Surtur would destroy her. That's, I see the rest of my time. <laughs> well, well, well. Interesting, interesting argument. Okay, you have five minutes to debate. Loki, I mean, Taika Watiti. That's not an argument. <laughs> um, <laughs> Taika uh, Watiti. You, you have to think that. Just gonna uh, say it over and over. Is that the problem? Is, is that like Loki would never ask for help. He's not going to ask for help. And your 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 argument basing that he would have those Weren't allies. You the like, one ha- that said he he's got too much heart. In, yeah. in this fight, correct, and that's and that's part of his weakness is that he, that's why he wouldn't do it. Does he care about those his brother? Yes, a hundred percent. Would he admit that he cares about his brother? No. The closest we got is an Endgame before he says Odin's son, right before he's murdered by Thanos. That's the only time we see him really like show any affection and loyalty to Thor. Um, and then he's promptly murdered. And where is he? When he what happens when he gets murdered? He gets sent to hell. <laughs> and that's when my movie takes place. What about um, when he shows up with a f- ship full of? fighters to basically rescue thor and uh um at the end of thor ragnarok that if, that is if that is had symp- his brothers he probably would have ended up staying on uh on scar he and- had his brother he had his brothers he could have he could have not come back and he made that choice i think once the slave rebellion sort of started he really didn't have much of a choice but to leave at that point <laughs> sorry we don't but- like that word as uh, the grandmaster would say uh so um <laughs> But I think, unfortunately for you, Caleb, I think it's a it's a weak argument to rest on the laurels of something that's already happened in the MCU when we're looking forward to what's like how? something like these two people coming together in a unique and interesting situation, and how does that fold out? Um, it, there's a lot of ways where I do see Loki winning, so I do, but it's part of because I'm I'm so smitten by him as a character, mm-hmm. and it's really hard is. for me to remove myself from how much I love Tom Hiddleston as that character. But the fact of the matter is, is that is that Hella won. Hela slaughtered almost all of Asgard, well, um, and it, it took it took literally uh, a, a, a prophesized Ragnarok to beat her. So, if we are removing ourselves from something that's already happened and going into a new world and setting ourselves in a new scenario, 
what's stopping Hella from slaughtering Asgardians again if we've already used the one shot that we had to stop her? So if we go with my pitch that, you know, Thor isn't on Asgard when Hela escapes, like Thor is is not does not know Loki's there, um, then Loki, like still sitting on the throne, even if he gets defeated by Hela in that first fight, uh, which I put on Earth, like you said, he's really good at escaping. We'll say he escapes, and with nowhere to go, I think that's where he's going to get caught up with um, with the Revengers, with Lo- uh, Thor, and that he may even try to trick Thor into going back and fighting her uh, so that he can get the throne back. He may go to Thor as as still in his Odin form, um, uh, or his, his look, to try and trick Thor into, into defeating Hela. And then you, I mean, then you've got an even cooler movie where he's pitting these people against each other, and it, when it ultimately comes to light that he is not Odin, I think then you would still have Thor tr- convince Loki that Ragnarok needs to happen, and you go back to you get to the end of Ragnarok again, where he has shown repeatedly he cares for his brother. You, you go back to the first Thor, uh, and he, he cares for his brother in a twisted way. He's got daddy issues, but who doesn't? So I think right there is exactly the point, though, is that he gets he's the one pitting people against each other and it always gets found out and he always gets foiled. So he always does end up losing in the end. We've seen every single time in a way Loki ends up losing in the end every every time so far. Um, And maybe it's not in the most obvious ways. Maybe it's not in the classical way that you lose. But Loki ends up losing every single way. And in the very end, he loses in the ultimate way and pays us with his life. I think, and, and because of their meddling, the only reason that, that he's back in the MCU is because of other people's meddling in the timeline. Um, and then what happens? He gets caught from doing that. He gets he loses in that sense too, so he's not free. Loki loses. That's what makes Loki interesting is that he does always get back up. But the problem is that he always does lose. Technically speaking, Hela has lost every every time too. Fair, but <laughs> but Loki's and losses. She's count lost much. to Loki. Loki's, uh, you know, it's it's he wouldn't have won without and Thor. his allies. Well, yes, um, but our our in all of our movie pitches, everyone has had their allies sometimes true. or not. So, but in my in in the pitch that I've given you, Thor is not there present because they are in a different realm, mm-hmm. and so you know what I mean. So, I'll give you. I, I it would be interesting to see the realm of hell. We've only gotten one glimpses from uh, Valkyrie. That's what. But uh, all right. That wraps up our debate ra- round. I almost said realm. Our debate, debate realm. realm. <laughs> that's the last it's not my fault. You guys said realm a number of times. Okay. Um, closing arguments. One minute. And I go first, I think, right? Cause I yeah, because you picked. Yeah, yep. of course. Sorry, I should have said that. No, no, it's okay. You I forgot. First. I was like, just literally like being like, oh, I don't remember where I am. Um, I don't remember which side I'm defending. Uh What's cool about Hela is that she is all the strength of Thor and Loki in the like the strength of Thor and the in the, the the quickness and the trickery of Loki into one, right? She's the she's the ultimate like sort of evil as guardian. Like she and she does not have that goodness deep down that Loki tries to hide and that Thor shows so vehemently. Um and so she's willing to do whatever it is, whenever it is, and however it is to accomplish her goals and the only thing that stopped her literally was a big sword through asgard was destroying and and uh, that works that works once yes for sure she's lost loki's lost though too and loki will continue to lose because that's what makes him a good character hella wins in this fight 
because that's she's willing to make those choices and she doesn't get held back by the by the notion that she needs to do good. If we're looking at a villainy bracket, who's the stronger and most powerful villain? It's Hela in this scenario every time. That's a closing argument, Caleb. So now you gotta do one too. All right, <laughs> all right. Here we go, Jake. You ready for this? <laughs> okay. So we've already I've already talked about how we've seen Loki contribute to the defeat of Hela. Um, Clearly. But I think Jake does have a point. Loki has lost a lot. And I think it's time we take into consider the real powers of the MCU. Um, Feige plot armor. Um, every time Loki has Loki has lost, he has survived somehow in one way or another because um, Kevin Feige likes Tom Hiddleston and so do the fans. So I, I'm going to say, like, I'm just going to add that we're getting a little meta here. Loki will always find a way back and will always find a way to win because the powers of the Feige. <laughs> if I can use my three seated seconds from earlier, people also loved Kate Blanchett, I think, quite a bit. Did you meow? <laughs> are, you, are you meowing about Kate Blanchett? That's weird. Kate Blanchett is great, but. All right. Um, so that is closing arguments. Okay, so this was also interesting for me because going into this fight, Loki is one of my favorite villains and it's really hard not to root for him because he's one of those you love to hate him type of characters. However, if we're going with high school debate rules, Jake made way better arguments. Caleb, you just were like, I don't know, this movie already happened and that's my argument. <laughs> he's throwing his hands in the air. I really actually liked your movie pitch, Jake. This idea of like Hela is in hell and Loki is there as well, which makes sense. You use logic to get him to this location. And then we had to try to figure out how he would get out. What's tricky for me is I think he ultimately would get out because he's That's, such a yeah. trickster. Right. And is that the, is that the win of that movie? Because right. it's, it's, tough. it's, it's, it's sort of tough. Cause that's, that's, I, tough. Yeah. that's tough. So I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. I think that you both, this week and last week have kind of underestimated Hela's power when she's not on Asgard because Asgard, because you, you have to remember when we first meet Hela in the movies, she has been imprisoned in hell for millennia. She's on earth. She's not even on Asgard. And within two seconds, she takes down Thor and Loki and destroys Mjolnir. And she hasn't even been to Asgard yet in like millennia. So in my opinion, like, yes, she's stronger on, on Asgard, but I don't think there's like this sudden, like you take her, it's not like kryptonite. It's like you take her off and she's suddenly like, yeah. Anyways, <sighs> it's really tough. I wonder how this fight would go after we watch the Loki series, which premieres on June 9th as well. Ooh, because nice I, I think that you had some That's really good points, Jake, where you said that Loki always loses. And are we finally going to see Loki not lose? So that'd be interesting. Okay, so really struggling here because I thought Jake had a better debate, but at the end, I think Loki would actually win the scenario that you brought up. But are we going by what's in the debate and not what we think would happen? The Living Tribunal yes, chooses. Probably. True. That's I mean, true. I, I get I, I get to I make my with, own rules. It's true. I agree with the Living Tribunal, but I'm just saying, just <sighs> food for thought. Food for thought. I hate doing this, but I think the better arguments were made for Hella. So I'm gonna give yeah. this one to Jake. And that's what you get, Caleb, for resting on your laurels. Gotta take chances. Gotta take chances. 
I think I can't tell if it's. I should have included the enchantress angry. somehow. Oh, you should have. That would have been wicked yeah. interesting. Um, I think it's hard to overcome the idea though that Loki always loses, and that's the point of Loki. But it's what makes him a good wins. character. It's what makes him a good character. Caleb did bring up a very valid argument when he said, "But Loki was the one that actually took down Hela," which is totally true. We've seen it in the MCU. But what's right, tricky right. is is Jake's movie happens even with that having happened already. Right, and that's the but think think about what happens. But, he does that, and then what happens immediately afterwards is he dies. We don't know that she goes. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Well, no, it's technically in space later. for a little bit, but yeah. yeah. But I mean, like in the in 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 proximity, if we watch the films, the next thing that happens in that scenario after they get in the ship and after they've won yeah. is Thanos takes their ship and kills Loki. Mm-hmm. And then the tricky. plot armor kicks in, and Loki finds a way back. Feige All plot right, armor. guys. So that was that was a really interesting one. Um, so I'm gonna give it to uh, Hella, our number three seed. So you guys actually tied this episode. Mm-hmm. Two, two, two for Caleb, two for Jake. So what's, we're going to see how this goes in the next episode if you guys can break it up. So, so wrapping up today, we have moving on into the third round in the alien bracket. Our number one seed Ego next week will be going against our number six seed Nebula or the week after. I'm not sure how often this episode's <laughs> going to be released. At some point in the future, these two will battle. We'll see eventually, exactly. And in our next bracket, we have our number four seed Scarlet Witch going against our number three seed Hella. So the ladies are representing good, on the fight. west side of this Ooh, bracket. Yeah, yeah, might I say, I like this is going to be an interesting SmackDown. Awesome. Thank you, Mia. I'm going to start doing some point tallying. Uh, Jake, do you want to do you want to talk a little bit while I do that? Yes, and I've actually now I don't do that thing where I forget every time you ask me what it is that you would like us to do. Uh, hey, make sure you like and subscribe to our thing. Or you know what? Uh, don't do that. To this week, I'm going to ask you to do something different. Tell a friend about our show. Ask, ask word of mouth is always the best way to talk about things like this. So go tell a friend that you're like, hey, listen to these these three dumb dumbs talk about Marvel, and I love it a bunch um, because we certainly love that you. Uh, for those of you out there who listen to us, uh, care enough to keep listening to us. So thanks for doing that. I would ask that none of you listen to Caleb's advice about giving us a one-star review. Yeah, please don't do that. (laughs) Please don't do that. I beg of you. They'll take us down if it's too bad. Yeah, don't do that. Okay, Um, don't do that. Go to our our YouTube that Caleb is so uh, lovingly put together for us to watch some of our silly antics and things that we do on there as well. All right. Yes. And podcast. podcast. So, pizza points. In last place is me with negative one pizza point. (laughs) When did we take points away from you? I don't remember, but I know it was you, Mia. Was it me? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I think it's because I spoke during one of Jake's uh Oh, things. that's right. Yeah. You did no. speak. But then I immediately revised the rules because I kind of liked it when you did, but, but I felt like I had to penalize against, you. Yeah, yeah you can't go against the living tribunal like that. You can't. All right. Uh... And then tied for first place is Mia and Jake, both with hey, five pizza points. I love sharing the first place. That feels That's good. so exciting. We were stingy with our pizza points this week, friends. Well, we, were, we were. It was a we're heated. Focused this was a good on one. This is a really good, uh, a good nerd debate, which I'm always very appreciative of. So, Caleb, hey. Nerd thanks debate. Thanks for uh, putting through my face. GG. Appreciate that. Yeah, you guys were... You made it very hard for me. Very hard for me. That was rough. That's so good job. I'm only salty about things. Uh, that, <laughs> everything else I feel like went really well for me. Even my losses felt good. Uh, but I'm still, I still disagree with things. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, we all have feelings. It's, and it's okay. It's okay. In our hearts. I, I'm only salty about the fact that I didn't get to pitch Nebula because I really wanted her. You might get her next chance. time because she won. But now I know how much you want her, and I want to keep that from you. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's us for all. Uh, thanks for joining each other, guys. Uh, yeah. And we will see you oh. here. You you will hear us. With In your what? ears. With the... We will all see and hear each other. <laughs> Bye. That's what the dark holds for. Bye. Bye.